Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming the best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I have with me today, Michael Barfield. Him and I are both in the same NCI community. It's how we met, um, kind of had some interaction online as well. And um, great guy, love his content, super proud to have him on the podcast, but welcome into the show. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, Michael, before we kind of dive in here, I know a lot of it we're talking about your story and your background on today's podcast as well, and we'll kind of branch off once we kind of start diving into that. But go ahead and sh- share with the listeners, who are you? Like, what's your story look like? Well, I am a, I don't like to call myself a good old boy because I'm, I'm not a good old boy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Southern boy, though. I'm from uh, South Carolina, I'm from a small town called Hartsville, South Carolina. Um, your podcast listeners are probably going to be like, this guy talks very slow. That's why I'm, I'm from South Carolina. Everything's so slow here. Um, so I'm currently located there, kind of born and raised in South Carolina, um, soon to be relocating to uh, Elton, I think I said it right, Elton, Maryland. Um, okay. the, yeah, the fiance and I were actually relocating in a few weeks up there. Um, so traveling out of South Carolina, you know, spreading my roots a little bit, um, just kind of a little bit of background about me. Uh, I am a former educator. I was a teacher for most of my twenties. I'm 29 now on the cusp of being 30. So for most of my twenties, I was an educator and a football coach and a strength coordinator on the side as well. Um, so I've been like a personal trainer, strength coach for, geez, about, uh, I'd say almost 10 years because I was a personal trainer back in college as well. Um, so my personal training experience ranges from working, you know, with Mrs. Jones to working with Diedrich, who's trying to play D1 football. Um, so like I have a broad range of experience, uh, which is a blessing. Um, but kind of like my personal story a little bit, grew up in a very blue collar family, very uh, conservative, uh, right wing, right leaning family. Um, it was pretty much you find a job, you work at that one job for 40 to 60 years, and then you die. And like, that's pretty much life. Um, you know, I'm pretty much the first person in my family to kind of branch out of that mindset. I'm actually the first person in my family to have tattoos. Um, like I'm the first person in my family who doesn't have type two diabetes by the time they're 30. I'm the first one that doesn't have high blood pressure by the time we're 30. Um, so I'm, I'm creating a bunch of new trends in my family. And that's something that I'm very proud of. Um, because growing up, had a very rough childhood. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict. Um, my great-granddad was also an alcoholic. So addiction runs very deep in my family. Uh, I myself, uh, I'm a former alcoholic as well. Um, I say they, there's this like ideas like if you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. No, like you could be a former alcoholic. Like if your relationship with alcohol gets better, you're now a former alcoholic, in my opinion. Um, so I kind of I fell down that rabbit hole a little bit as well. Um, grew up super depressed because my dad was very violent towards my mom and I. Um, he ended up walking out on my mom and I whenever I was like seven. Um, really blamed myself for that. Uh, blamed myself for not being able to take care of my mom during the times where he was physically abusive towards her. Um, really beat myself up over that. 
because I mean, like, you, you know, you're seven, eight, nine years old, like you, you don't know what's going on. Like, you, you know, so like, for some reason, little Mike, he, he formed this narrative in his head that, you know, hey, you know, it's your fault that, you know, you can stop any of this. So really threw myself down a deep, dark hole of depression, um, turned to food. Um, food was my biggest coping mechanism. Um, got addicted to eating. Um, I was a binge eater for most of my childhood, for most of my high school years. Um, even whenever I was playing football, you know, I was still a binge eater. Um, you know, got super depressed off of that. Also got super overweight. My heaviest weight, I was 325. Um, and I was like 15. So being 325 pounds at 15, super unhealthy. Um, got very depressed just because I was the fat guy, you know, I was the typical like fat guy that you see in the movies, you know, you're everybody's best friend, you're like everybody's, you know, comic relief. And it's just like, okay, but I'm more than that. You know, it's like nobody would ever take you serious. It's like, uh, you know, you know, the ladies wouldn't, wouldn't really give you attention at that time either. So it was kind of like, okay, people aren't taking me serious. Like, I can't, get a girlfriend to save my life. Like I really don't feel happy, healthy. So like my quality of life was super low. Um, so around 16, um, I actually tried committing suicide. Um, I failed as you see. Um, so I, I failed. That was one of my two attempts. Um, so I survived that attempt, then graduated high school, got into college and uh, discovered the gym a little bit more, you know, in high school with football, you know, we worked out and did strength training, but it was never anything super formal. It wasn't anything super structured. It was just like, okay, go in bench 225 for a few reps and joke around and go home. Um, it was kind of that type of structure. I got in college, really found the gym, fell in love with it, fell, fell in love with bodybuilding. Um, eventually started competing in bodybuilding as well. And uh, that's kind of where my story kind of took off with my weight loss. Um, I dropped from like 290 because whenever I graduated high school, I kind of started my weight loss journey kind of just making small changes, like cutting, mm -hmm. cutting out soda, you know, trying to switch from like, like, it's so weird to tell people this sometimes, but I switched from like Fruit Loops to like Special K cereal. Hey. It, just, just it, like, it works. Yeah, yeah, it works. Even like, just a mindset switch of like, like yes. even if it's like, I'm maybe it's, sure, maybe it has the same amount of calories at the end of the day, but it's like you're you're switching that mindset to like I'm eating somewhat of a health or trying to make some healthier choices. Right. Exactly. But, exactly. But I digress. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean that that's exactly what I was doing. You know, I was trying to change my mindset from like okay, like food is my coping mechanism to like okay, like now food is just a tool that we use to fuel the body. So like I was really more or less working on that mindset change at that time. Then, you know, I really found the gym once I got to college and things kind of took off. Um, went through a really rough breakup in my early 20s. Um, you know, I'm glad I did because I wouldn't have met my beautiful fiance who I love dearly now. Um, super rough breakup, though. Five years. Uh, we I dated that individual. We broke up once I graduated college and just life went downhill uh, because while mentally my relationship with food was better, my relationship with myself was still poor. I didn't understand my self-worth. I didn't understand how strong I was. I didn't understand what I'm capable of in this world. I leaned on people a lot. Like it, it was like I needed somebody to constantly 
hype me up all the time. So like my relationship with myself was very poor. And, you, you know, as I say, like, you can't love others until you can love yourself. And, you know, that was one thing that I really needed in my life. I needed to learn how to love myself. And um, unfortunately, I didn't learn that until later in my 20s. But went through a really bad breakup. Um, wouldn't turn to food because I knew what that road led to. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not turning to food now. What can I turn to to kind of cope? It was alcohol. And it was like, okay, you know, there's some alcohols out there that are super low on calories, you know, like tequila, vodka, like your clear liquors, you know, they're not that high in calories, you know, you could get a little buzz and dopamine hit going, so you'll feel better. And, you know, like, like, one shot turned into three, three shots turned into half of a bottle, like, I got like, I got so good at drinking, where I could drink like a full bottle of tequila by myself, wake up the next day and function perfectly fine. Um, yeah, I was a high functioning alcoholic. Um, but I also had a very bad relationship with the gym also, because I was, I was still bodybuilding. Like I was a alcoholic bodybuilder, which does not like go together at all. Like oh. it's terrible. Um, cause like, it's like two extremes hitting one another and it's terrible for the body. Um, so like I would legit get plastered the night before, wake up the next morning, hop on the stair climber for two hours. Now, most people, you put them on the stair climber, they're done in 10 minutes. But like it was, I was, I was in the mindset like, okay, we put all of this crap in my body. We're still trying to bodybuild. We need to get it out. So I had a super unhealthy relationship at that time with both alcohol and exercise. Um, the relationship with alcohol got so bad that I actually lost my job at the time. I was working at my alma mater um, and made some stupid, made some stupid decisions, um, lost my job. And like, it was really the only thing that I woke up looking forward to because I, I loved working there. Um, so once I lost that, it was like, what I have. Like I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to the gym. Like the gym became something that I hated, um, which shows you like how, you know, if you abuse something so much, something so beautiful and organic and uplifting, like the gym can turn dangerous. Um, but I digress with that. Uh, so one night after, this is like maybe a few weeks after I lost my job one night. And I remember this night so vividly in my head, I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I was just hanging out by myself, eating dinner, had a few beers. I was like, okay, like I pulled up my bank account. I had like 200 bucks and like to my name, like, I'm like, okay, I have 200 bucks. I am in a lot of student loan debt. I'm in a lot of credit card debt. Um, you know, I, I was living like at my mom's house at the time because my mom, she, my mom lives with her boyfriend, um, and she did at that time also. So I was just living there rent-free, wasn't paying a single bill. Um, so I was like, what does my life truly value? Right? Like, what value do I have towards my life? Like, you're working part-time at the vitamin shop. Like, you're not really doing much. So I came up with the idea. I was like, all right, we're going to go to Walmart. We're going to get a 24-pack. We're going to kill that entire 24-pack and actually finish the job. Um, that was straight up my straight attempt that night. And where I lived at the time, you have to turn on like this, like uh, old country road. And I'm telling you, I've turned on that road for 30 years of my life. I've never seen a traffic stop there, never seen like a crossing point there or, or checkpoint or, or whatever you call it. Um, that was the first time in my life I've seen it. And whenever I turn on that road, I was like, okay, cool. Like there's never any cops on this road. I could just start cracking them, throwing them back and like whatever. Yeah. 
pulled up on the checkpoint and I was like, well, shit. So I, I threw the case of beer into the back and I was like, well, maybe they won't look back there and maybe I could just play it off. Cause keep in mind, I got really good at drinking at this stage yeah. of my life. So I was like, you know how to act so you know how to mm-hmm. like, you know how to make it look like, Hey, no, I'm not, not intoxicated. They shined their light in the back. They saw the case of beer. They saw the open cans. They pulled me out in the car. They did the whole like field sobriety test. Thankfully, I got away with an open container ticket. They didn't arrest me. They didn't take me to jail. Um, but like I broke down once like we finished that field sobriety test. And the cop thought I was just like drunk. I'm like, honestly, I've had a few tonight. I'm not really like super drunk. I'm buzzed, but I'm not super drunk. But like, here's what I'm planning on doing. Like once I go home and like, I legit had the biggest breakdown I've ever had of my life on the side of the highway. Um, they took me home. Um, well, they followed me home and uh, like they said, they legit had a cop like sit like in my yard, like all night long. And uh, like I can never, ever repay that you know, that police force, like what they did for me that night. Um, you know, no, no amount of money or thank you cards or whatever I could send them will ever make up for that. Uh, cause that night I get, I went home, cried myself to sleep, woke up the next morning, told the cop I was good. He went like, he, he left. Um, and like, I had like a serious talk with myself that morning. I was like, all right, look, you barely have 200 bucks for your name. You're in all this debt. You're not doing anything with your life. You love the gym. We know that. And like, keep in mind, I was also personal training at this time. You know, you enjoy personal training. Like you're doing all of these things, but like, it's like where, like what's going wrong. And I did like a lot of internal digging and I was like, I've done all these things. I've lost 130 pounds. I've competed in bodybuilding shows. Like I've got two bachelor's degrees and a master's degree. Like I, I know, I knew what I was capable of but that self-love was just missing. And I kind of took that next year of my life and I really sat back and like, I, I like to say I dated myself because truly that's what I did. I took myself out and like, I, I would do things with myself. I would go to the movies. I'd go for a walk. I would go to the gym and like do more like healthy gym stuff. Um, you know, I would just spend time with myself. I, I was learning who I was as a person, what I loved, what I didn't like, what I enjoyed, what I didn't enjoy, what I want to do in my life. And while the weight loss journey for me was technically over, I was now on a new journey. I was on a journey to learning who I was as a man, who I was as a person. Like I was learning how to embrace the person that I had become. And, you know, kind of the piggyback off of something that I I saw you posting on TikTok the other day. Like if you're on a weight loss journey, like you were still that same person, like, 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 like the person that started that journey, you were still the exact same person. You're just now in a different stage of life. And, you know, I, I kind of had to realize that. I, I truly had to realize that I was, I had to take a step back and understand. Yeah. You lost all the weight. Yeah. You could get on stage and pose, but your past traumas are still there. You know, your past depressions, you, you never got over the fact that you tried killing yourself at 16. You never got over the fact that your dad beat on you and your, you and your mom. You never got over the fact that your family is full of addiction. You never got over the fact that you yourself have addiction issues. So there was a lot of coping issues that I had that I needed to take care of before I did anything else with my life. So I spent that entire year doing that. I spent that entire year making sure that I would never fall back down a rabbit hole like that again. 
and uh, you know, kind of jump forward to that next year where I turned 26. Um, you know, I met my beautiful fiance. Um, you know, I <clears throat> got really big into coaching football, fell in love with coaching football. Then whenever 2020 hit, I opened my online coaching business and kind of things just took off from there. And now here we are. Um, I'm no longer teaching. Uh, I actually quit teaching back in January. Um, so I've been kind of going all in with this thing for the last six months almost. Um, so yeah, here we are. We're uh, going all in. Never been happier. My mind's never been clearer. Um, you know, my goals have never been more, you know, inciting and focused. And life is just a giant adventure now, man. And I, I th- thank you for sharing all that. I really, I really appreciate that. And I know, you know, talking through all that stuff isn't always the easiest thing to do. So uh, I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, this is the thing. So like, I've told my story to a bunch of people and while there's parts of the story that still like, it gives me goosebumps. It's like, wow, this was my life. Like a few years ago, like for example, the, the night where I got stopped at at the uh, checkpoint. Anytime I tell that story to anybody, like I got it telling it to you just now, I got it the other week whenever I was on a different podcast. Like anytime I tell like a complete stranger, that story, I just get goosebumps because I kind of understand both my subconscious and my frontal conscious, we both know, hey, that was the night that everything turned around for me. Like that was the night, you know, that night could have went two ways. You could have ended everything and well, that's your life. That's, you know, this is how people are going to remember you now. They're going to remember you now as like this guy that had all of this potential, this guy that everybody loved, this guy that a lot of people looked up to, but yet he couldn't get past his past traumas to actually impact others. Or we can pick ourselves up, actually get to the root of our issues, figure out how to get past our past traumas and actually start helping people. And, you know, of course, you know, I took the second, you know, option. Um, but yeah, so like I said, that night's just a night where, you know, I, I, well, I don't think I know, you know, that's kind of the turning point of my life. Cause I always say like on, on any journey that you have, if it's weight loss, mental health, addiction, recovery, whatever it is, you, you have a moment where you're like, this is enough. Like I'm tired. Like something has to give, something has to change. Yeah. And you know, they, they say everything happens for a reason. I mean, absolutely. That, that checkpoint was there for a reason. So you know, it saved your life, honestly, it sounds like. So, you know, no, it did. It, it, no, it, it completely did. It is completely 110% did. And like I told you, like, that was the first time in my life I've ever I've ever seen a checkpoint on that road. And, like, I've been driving on that road for, like, almost 30 years now because I have to take that road to go see my granddad. Um, yeah. So, like, that wow. I still have not seen one yet. Wow. Well, you know, one of the th- things, you know, I've jotted a couple of things down here as you were talking, and one of the things that really stuck out to me towards the beginning of your conversation here was, kind of breaking that narrative of what your family has been known for. And like, you know, and I can definitely resonate with like the fact where you were talking about, you know, like, you know, you know, grow up, get a job, work at that same job forever. You know, it's like, you know, like, I don't, you know, I'm sure you first saw recently, I just left like the nursing profession. Yeah, did, like yeah. So it's like, you know, and I had a, you know, a lot of family that's like, they're, they're supportive of me, but then they're also, I can tell they're like, but you're a nurse. Like that's yeah. what you're supposed to be doing like and like it's just like and there's a lot of people like that and I, and I totally get it like it's you know it and honestly it took a lot of lot in me to realize that it I didn't have to stay that same narrative through the rest of my life like I felt like you know we it's like we get programmed it's like once you go to school and you do something and you become something that's your projection for the rest of your life 
And I was stuck in that for a long time. And it's like, no, it's okay to change where, I mean, our lives have seasons. So mm-hmm. I love that you brought up the fact of breaking that narrative and setting new trends in your life. And like, you know, I mean, how often do you see that with clients? Like, you know, like, or it's like, you know, well, everyone has ever weighed my family or everyone, you know, and I, I'm, I'm big, you know, my, my mom and dad are both big or on the bigger side. And, and I mean, and they have to like break that narrative. And it's like, you know, like start becoming that new person, like, and understanding, like, and even if that means pissing a few people off along the way, like you have to do your own thing. Yeah. So like where I am from, you know, like I said, everybody has the same mindset. Like everybody, my fiance and I joke about this a lot because she's from, she's from New York. So like her mindset is like in a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's a little bit older than me. So like, we always joke, like here, by the time you're 20, you're supposed to be married. By the time you're 21, you're supposed to have kids. By the time you're 25, you're supposed to have another kid. Like by the time you're 30, you're supposed to be done where like, we're both 30 and not even married yet. Um, So, you know, we always joke about that, but in reality, it's a real thing here. Cause like everybody thinks the same. Everybody thinks, okay, I need to get married by this time. I need to have my first kid by this age. I need to figure out what I'm doing with the rest of my life by the time I'm 25. And one reason why I love Gary V so much is like Gary V is like, so what if you're 45? Like, if this is what you want to do for the rest of your, your like 30, 40, 50, 60 years, go do it. Like, that's one reason why I love and look up at Gary V so much is because he doesn't see it as like, okay, this is your age. You should have had this figured out yesterday. No, 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 no. Like, maybe what you wanted to do at 25 isn't what you want to do at 35. And what you want to do at 45 isn't what you want to do at 35. Because, like, I mean, if, if you ask Mike back in, you know, high school and even back in college, I was actually wanting to be a lawyer. And I tell people oh, wow. this, yeah, yeah. I tell people this all the time and they're like, I totally can't see you being a lawyer now. And I'm like, yeah, because like, it's not who I am. It's not, you know, it's not like in the phase or season of my life I'm in right now, it's not who I am. You know, who I am right now is somebody who wants to help people understand how important it is to break that narrative and how important it is to be that first person. And, you know, Alex Ramosi said, said it best, I, I forgot, forget where where I heard it from but he he said that you know whenever it comes to becoming a millionaire like everybody's family has that first one like everybody has that first one so like with generational wealth there's always that first person that starts that trend because like it's not an accident where all of the you know wealthy families these days you know like we talk about being born with a silver spoon yeah look back a few generations and you can see where that silver spoon came from and it's the same thing with your health, to be honest with you. Like, I, there's a great quote, actually. If you see two obese or overweight parents walk into a restaurant, there's soon to be two or three overweight children behind them. And, like, that's something that I truly believe in. And I tell people this all the time. Next time you're out at a restaurant, this people watch. People watching is fun anyways. But just, like, people watch. And, like, watch the door. See who walks in. If you see like this tall, lanky guy and, you know, this kind of fit mom, I guarantee you the kids aren't going to be overweight. Now they might have some of the, like the baby fat, sure, but like, they're not going to be like, you know, obese or, you know, severely overweight. But if you see a mom and dad walk in and like they have to take turns walking through the door, you you know, then that's a, that's a good indicator of what's about to come behind them. Um, So I'm a big believer in trends. I'm a big believer in patterns. And like, I always say, like, your children are going to watch you. And a big reason why I think I turned to alcohol was because I watched my dad do it. 
And like a lot of people, whenever they grow up in families with addiction, they always go, well, you know what? I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to set the tone. Like I'm going to be different. And a lot of people do do that. And that's, that's freaking amazing. But also there's people who fall into my narrative. That's like, okay, yeah, I want to break this trend, break this pattern, excuse me. But like, once you find yourself in a situation where you're stressed, you have no other outlet, you don't know what to turn to, you then understand, I see why he turned to it. Like, I understand how it was so easy for him to fall down that hole because it becomes a crutch. Just like food, it becomes something that you rely upon for your happiness or, you know, to fulfill that hole that's like that's within your soul or your heart. So, like, I always tell people, like, with health, wealth, addiction, like, whatever it is, like, you can always be the first person. And even because, like, don't get me wrong, like, I... I'm kind of well off right now, but I've had my bank account in the negative many, many times. And like, like one of Jason's stories that I love to hear him tell is like the time where he couldn't afford a cup of coffee. Like that's seriously one of my favorite stories because I can relate to it so much because I've been in that spot before where like, oh, credit cards declined and you're like turning around to see who's staring at you. And like now I'm in a fortunate situation where like I, I don't have to worry about that. But like at the same time, like I've been in that spot. So poverty is not, poverty is also one of these things where it comes through generations, it comes through families as well. And especially with running a business and making offers to people, you can tell, okay, you've been taught the scarcity of a dollar. You've been taught, hey, like this dollar bill, like this is like, this is like your lifeline. Whenever in reality, we both know from a business perspective, that dollar is losing value by the day. So like everything from health, wealth, um, addiction, it's it's a trend. It's a generational trend. Absolutely. It's funny. You mentioned the like the you wanted to be a lawyer when you were growing up. Like a lot of people don't realize like I was going to be an architect for the longest time. And actually it was because following the family trends. Not that my family were architects, but they were in both in the building industry. My dad's been in the insulation business. He's worked at the same job for I don't know, like 40 years, something like that. And my mom has been in construction sales all of her life pretty much. And like interior design. So like, I was like kind of going down that same rabbit hole of like, you know, towards the construction realm of things like building a house. And I kind of fell in love with the architecture piece of things. And, but it was like my junior, senior year, you know, I'd gotten certified in like AutoCAD to like the design software to like build, you know, design the houses. And that's when, you know, my family was like, you know, like, are are you doing this just because this is like what we've done or is this actually what you want to do? And I was like, oh, like, I guess, I guess you have a good point. And that's when I decided to switch into nursing. And then, you know, now I've gone just full in the coaching because I fell in love with this, but mm-hmm. like, it, it is exactly right. It's like, you have to be okay with like breaking that narrative. And it's either you have to be able to do that yourself or, you know, thankfully I did have my parents that were able to like, tell me like, you know, maybe you know, are you doing this for us or are you doing this for you? And then, you know, moving fast forward to now, when I switched from nursing to coaching, it's like, I'm doing this for me. Like, I know I see the potential and you have to just go all in yourself and know that you're able to make that change. Exactly. And dude, like, I will tell you this, you you are blessed to have parents like that. Um, Because like with my family, for example, my granddad, he still works. He's like 72 and a badass and he still works. Um, He's been like working since like his twenties. He served in Vietnam, got out of Vietnam and has been working with the same company ever since he got out of Vietnam. Um, But like oftentimes, like I remember graduating high school, my mom was like, Hey, you either go to college or you're going to work for your granddad or work with your granddad. Um, then I went to college and, you know, 
I was like, okay, well, like, I, I kind of want to do the lawyer thing. I'm not sure, like, because, like, nobody in my family is a lawyer. Like, most of my family is in healthcare. Uh, like, both my sisters are in healthcare. My aunt's in healthcare. My mom's in financing, which is weird. Um, then, like, my granddad, he works with, like, the power line companies. Um, so it's kind of like you're either going to fall within the healthcare realm or, like, go work for the power line company for the rest of your life. Um, that's kind of, like, how my family saw it. So whenever like I got out of college and I was like, you know what, I, I'll do the teaching thing just because like it sounds like fun because like, you know, you, you get to educate, you get, I mean, it's, it's coaching basically. Ah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically coaching with whenever you boil it down. So you get to like educate, you get to inspire, like you get to do all these things that I really enjoy doing. And my family also sees it as an actual job. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's a win-win. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it's a win-win. Then like, within like the last year, I got to the point where I'm tired of showing up whenever somebody wants me to show up. I'm tired of like having to check all these boxes for like people that really don't care about me. Like, you know, I, I finally got to the point where I got, I've gotten so in tune with myself and my worth and like my subconscious. It's like, okay, you're not happy. We're fixing it. So where like before it's like, well, you know, I'm not really happy well, let's just push through. Maybe it'll get better. But now it's like, hey, that doesn't make me happy. I'm not doing it. And like you, you talked briefly like a moment ago about how like you're going to piss some people off. And like I've pissed my family off. Like I love my family to death. And if they're watching this, I love you. And I hope you know this. But like I've pissed my family off tremendously because my, my granddad is the pastor. And like all of my tattoos is nothing but skulls. So, cause I'm a big skull fan and you know, my family's not into tattoos. They're not into anything that's like Gothic looking like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I did most of this within the last year. Cause like I made the jump and I was like, I'm living for myself now. Like I'm engaged. I'm starting my own family. And it was like one of these things where it's like, and I told Catherine this the other night, I was like, I, I love my family. I love your family. You know, her family is a lot more understanding with what I do than mine is with what I do, which is a little heartbreaking sometimes. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know, we're starting our own circle. Like, this is our own circle. Like, we can make it whatever we want it to be. Like, if we want to, like, influence our kids to, like, become entrepreneurs, we could do it. Like, if we want to influence our kids to work in the healthcare system like she does, we could do it. Like, if we want to influence them to, like, be a lawyer, like a cop, whatever it may be, like we can do it. Or like, if we would just want to be like, Hey, what is it that you want to do? Like, don't worry about what we want. Like, what is it that's going to make your life for the next 60 plus years happy? So like, that's the really cool thing because oftentimes I've learned whenever people don't know how to break the trend or break the pattern um, or kind of like build their own narrative, if, if you will, it goes to their, their circle. Because like once you leave your family circle and you create your own, if you don't create your own narrative, your own trend, your own patterns, you're taking it to your circle. And what's happening is nobody's growing anymore because you're stuck in an ideology that is 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. Exactly. I want to pivot here towards uh, you know, the other half of this podcast here and talk more about, you, you talked a lot about relationships. And, you know, and with everything, relationship with food, relationship with alcohol, relationship with families, relationship with friends, relationship with the gym. You know, we talked about relationships with a lot of different things throughout this podcast. 
and most importantly, relationship with yourself. And so, Michael, I want to ask you, like, you know, because there's probably a lot of people listening that are really struggling or maybe at that point where, you know, they don't have that good relationship with themselves. Like I hear a lot of people all the time, unfortunately, talk about how much they aren't happy with like, you know, the way they look or the way they feel and just a lot of like negative self-talk. How did you get through that time of the negative self-image, self-talk and start to heal that relationship with yourself? So honestly, during my weight loss journey, um, I used it as motivation. Like I truly use it as motivation because like anytime I would look in the mirror and I would go, okay, like this guy's a fat fucker. Like this, like, like this guy, sorry, Alexa's being rude. Um, but like anytime I looked into like the mirror and like talk shit about myself, I'll go, well, just wait. So like, I would always just fire myself up with that. It's like, okay, I know I'm not where I want to be, but I know if I commit to this process and commit to this journey, I know I'll get to where I want to be. And like, that's been, like, that's been my motto my entire life with addiction, mental health, weight loss, um, business, anything like, Hey, I know I might not be a millionaire right now, but bet your ass. I know I'm going to get there one day back whenever I was recovering from my addiction. Hey, I know I'm still struggling with drinking right now, but just imagine what would happen if I said, no, I don't need the beer. I want to drink water today. Like those wins build up. And I mean, Nick Ross does an amazing job talking about circling the W and, you know, creating daily, daily wins for yourself. And, you know, it's, it's a philosophy and a theory that works. So like, for example, if you're struggling with sodas, like don't try going from drinking seven sodas a day to drinking none, go from seven to five. That's a win. That's two to six. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, honestly, yeah, no, like, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that's a win within itself. Absolutely. And like, I, I think a lot of people, they get so lost with where they are now that they forget to where they can be if they just commit. And, you know, I talk to my clients about this a lot and I had, had to have a heart to heart with one of mine the other day. Um, you know, we cannot like commit to this for two days and expect to be where we are. And like, there's a great saying, like, you didn't get fat overnight. You didn't get obese overnight. Like you didn't gain a hundred pounds overnight where a lot of people think, you know, yeah, I gained like 50 pounds in like a month. No, that's not how this works. Like this was a trend and a pattern that you followed for a long time and we fell down the rabbit hole and now we're here. It's and honestly, and, and I want to interrupt for just one second because, and honestly guys, like, and people don't realize is like, not only is the weight, sure the weight took a while to get on, but the habits, even before you noticed the weight gain, the habits you were compounding before that, that led up to the weight gain, those were even longer into yes. the past and yes. even more deep rooted. So sorry, I just wanted to include no, that in there. No, 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 you're good. That, that was beautiful actually. Um, but like, while it took a while to get that weight on, it's going to take a while to get it off. And I, I think a lot of times people are guilty of looking on Instagram, looking on social media and they go, well, shoot. Mike lost 130 pounds. What nobody, what I don't tell many people is it, that took me 10 years to lose the entire 130 pounds. It took me 10 years. And like I did most of myself without a coach. So having a coach that 10 years for you turns into like three or two, even like, it depends on like how committed you are to this. Like, honestly, I wish I hired, a, I have a coach now, of course, but like, I wish I hired a coach like 
a long time ago because like I can only imagine like where I would be now with my bodybuilding and with my physique if I hired somebody and like that 10 year journey turned into even five years because I mean then that's like five extra years I have to grow you know as a bodybuilder um but yeah like that's that's the one big thing I always tell people whenever like they're looking in the mirror they're not happy with where they are they're not happy with what they're seeing use it as motivation go, hey, I know I'm not where I'm at right now. And that's okay. And I think people have to get comfortable with accepting the fact that it's not, that it's okay to not be where your end goal is. Because at the end of the day, like if, if you want to take an architect spin on things, you know, you can't build a house until you have the blueprint. Like you can't just walk onto a plot of land and be like, okay, I think the walls are going here. Maybe a pool <laughs> might go here. I don't know. Maybe a pool might go. So like you, you can't just walk onto a plot of land, clap, and all of a sudden the house is here. Exactly. Like there's steps to this. You have to do the blueprint. You have to hire somebody to do the buildings or to do the construction. Like you, you have to hire somebody to, to do the framework, to do the groundwork, to do the roofing, to do the painting, to do the drywall, to do all of this stuff. Like it's, it's a process. And I think people have fallen in love with so much of looking on social media and seeing Katie lost a hundred pounds in a year and a half. But what Katie isn't telling anybody is like, yeah, I worked with a coach and that coach gave me the blueprint to succeed where like a lot, where a lot of people go, well, I have Google, I have YouTube. Well, I have that old like stationary bike in the garage that I haven't touched in like five years. I don't need a coach. Like, you know, I could do this myself. And then they're wondering, okay, cool. I lost five pounds, but like, why haven't I lost a hundred pounds like Katie? You know, we just can't compare ourselves. I mean, like everyone has, Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean like, and it's just like, you know, we, we all have completely different histories. We all have different traumas. We all have different stressors, routines. And honestly, and you know, I want to tie all this into like, what sacrifices are you willing to make for this, for the end result? Like guys, like if, if, if you are, like, and I've, I've openly said, like, I think I made a TikTok about this a few weeks back was like, sure, I would love to have six pack abs, but am I willing to put in the work to have six pack abs? Hell no. Right. <laughs> I'm not willing to put in that work. And I'm just honest with myself. And guys, I think a lot of people don't realize that is like, you know, and even like people talk about, oh, I want to lose that last five pounds or that last 10 pounds. And it's like, okay, we can do that. But your lifestyle that you're wanting to live doesn't coincide with having that five, 10 pounds off. And honestly, a lot of people will be happier with that extra five, 10 pounds on right. than trying to diet down into that, you know, because it's going to require more work, more restriction. And so it's like, what are you willing to sacrifice? Is the juice worth the squeeze is one of my favorite things my coach always says mm -hmm. to get to those results that you're wanting. Exactly. And, and I, I think, uh, I think Jason Phillips does a great job with the, with the triangle, uh, <laughs> well, with the triangle ideology that he uses. Um, Primal awareness. Yeah, yeah, triangle awareness. Yeah, I remember the second half of it. Um, where you got three different goals, you know, where, where, like, where are we at on the board? Okay, you want like better performance, but you also want to be shredded as hell. Guess what? If you want better gym performance, you got to eat more. If you're eating more, you can't have six pack abs. Like, you can't be shredded as hell. Oh, you want to be like lean and dry like a bodybuilder? Cool. We're going to have to go into a caloric deficit. We're going to have to cut carbs a little bit. We're going to have to water load a little bit. Like we're going to have to do a bunch of bodybuilding science now. Like it's two different spectrums. So like if you're Susie who just wants to lose like a hundred pounds, 
like you don't need to worry about growing a butt like Kim Kardashian. Like you don't need to worry about like looking shredded as, you know, heck, you, you know, on the beach this summer. What you need to worry about is making smarter choices. You need to worry about developing the habits that's going to lead you down your journey to losing a hundred pounds. Yeah. And guys, if, if any of you all are wondering what he's talking about the triangle awareness, I actually had Jason Phillips on my podcast a few weeks back, um, episode 32. And we talked about that and he did a great job breaking all that down. And it, it's, it's so powerful because like, that's one of the first things I like to do with new clients is like, what is your goal? What are you willing to give up? What are you not willing to give up? And let's focus on one thing. Like, sure. Like we can, we can work on all things in different areas a little bit in each, but it's like, which one do you want to focus on? Right. And that's the most important. Right. So like one, one thing that I always ask my clients is like, which one of these goals motivates you the most? Uh, like, like which one of these goals fires you up the most? Like, okay. is it increasing your bench? Like does the visualization of like you looking stronger while benching hype you up? Cool. Then that's your goal probably. Or like if your like goal is like being able to walk on the beach, take your shirt off and everybody turns around and gives you the old C-bum look like, like if that's your goal, cool. Like, or like, if that's what motivates you, cool. That's probably what your goal is. Or like, if you just want to be able to feel better, have more energy and actually like wear clothes without having to do the old shirt pull, you, you know, like if that hypes you up, if that visualization makes you feel like tingly inside, that is likely your goal. So I always like ask my clients, like, what goal do you have that's going to give you the most motivation? Because we both know at the end of the, end of the day, a lot of people are going to walk up to us and be like, you know, I really want to lose the weight. I really want to be healthier, but I just, I don't have the motivation. Guess what? I have to go work out after I get off this. I don't want to go work out, but do I need right. to? Yes. Why? Because I have a goal in mind and it's not so like motivation. Like my thing that I always tell people is motivation is only going to be there maybe 20 times out of the year. The real progress happens with the other 336 days. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, this has been an incredible episode. I really thank you for coming on and sharing all this. I always wrap up my episodes with asking my guests, you know, if there are two things that you would recommend anyone who's wanting to get healthier, weight loss, maybe whatever the goal may be, just better health. What are your two top recommendations that they can start taking action today or this week for? Well, first off, um, I am a big component of water is king. Um, I, I know a lot of people are like diet soda this and carb like carbonated water that that's cool and all, but I'm a big believer in like hydration is the first step to losing weight because like the body is over 70% water. So like what better way to supply like the one thing you're made up of than by giving it more of that one thing, you know? So like mm -hmm. first, first thing I would say is hydration. That's king. If you have a soda problem, sure, start cutting down on the sodas, but let's bump up the water also. Um, secondly, and this is more of a mindset and mental thing, give yourself grace. Under, understand that it's called a weight loss journey. The term journey means a long duration. It's not called a weight loss sprint. If it was a weight loss sprint, there would there wouldn't be an obesity epidemic going on now. There like like half of our population wouldn't be overweight or obese. If it was like if it was so simple that you could snap your fingers and like you've lost all of the weight, you have your ideal body, there will be nothing but supermodels walking around. So please understand this is a journey. This takes time. You need to be patient with yourself. Most importantly, you need to love yourself. And I'm not talking about the body that you're eventually going to have. Love the body that you have now. 
Because if you love the body that you have now, I promise you, this journey is going to be a lot easier. Love the fact that your body can, you know, give you life. Love the fact that your body can actually withhold you, like hold you up while you're exercising. Love the fact that your body is keeping you alive because at the end of the day, the body's main function is to just be alive. It doesn't care about growing muscle. doesn't care about losing weight. doesn't care about athletic performance. It just cares about being alive. And it's doing the one thing for you that it's designed to do. And that shows you that your body loves you. So you need to turn around and love your body. Dude, this has been incredible. I really thank you for coming and sharing all these gems. It's been awesome. Yeah, man. No worries. No worries. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's been fun. Well, where can people reach out to you if they are interested in just talking to you more about anything they heard on the show? Um, are you taking new clients right now? If so, like how can they get a hold of you for that? Just drop all that information right now for them. Yeah, so um, we are currently still taking on new clients for our next level body transformation blueprint. Um, it's a six month long uh, transformation blueprint. We're first going to work on your metabolic health. We're going to make sure your, your metabolism is firing on all cylinders. Then we are going to move you into a weight loss phase where you're going to lose anywhere from one to three pounds a week. Then the final phase of that is kind of just a, like a lifestyle maintenance phase where we kind of as they say, release you from the nest. We're going to teach you how to not need us anymore. But if you want to continue working with us, we will be more than happy to keep working with you, of course. Um, but you can find me on socials at uh, Mike is weight loss on Instagram and TikTok. Now there's a curveball here with Twitter because Twitter won't let me do two S's. So if you're looking at me up on Twitter, you have to do Mike is weight loss, except for one S, not two. So Instagram and TikTok is Mike is weight loss with two S's. Twitter is Mike is Mike is weight loss with one S. All right. Awesome, man. Well, guys, I'll put all of his links into the show notes. So definitely go check him out again. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Have a great day. You too, man. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.